Good morning, everyone. My name's Beck, and I'm going to uh, bring the reading this morning from the book of John, chapter 1, 1 to 18. Um, we, we don't have uh, ch- uh, the Pew Bibles at the moment, so feel free to um, go on your phone or just listen. And I'm reading in the, um, in the NIV, if you're going online. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognise him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testified concerning him. He cried out, saying, This is the one I spoke about when I said, He who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. Out of his fullness we have all received grace in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God but the one and only Son, who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father, has made him known. This is the word of the Lord. Well, hello everyone. Hello to our musicians over on the side. Great to see you all here and to be back together as a church after six months. How good is this? Particularly great today to begin a brand new series looking at the Gospel of John. Now, it has been said that John's Gospel is like a pool that is shallow enough for a child to paddle in and deep enough for an elephant to wade in. In other words, it's the kind of book that anyone can pick up and immediately learn things about who Jesus is and understand who Jesus is. Anyone can. So if you're new here this morning, if you're investigating who Jesus is, this is a great book. But it's deep enough that even if you've been a Christian for 50 years, it will continue to blow your mind with who Jesus is. See, John, who's writing this, does not want people to have a tiny view of Jesus. Too many people try and box Jesus in, have a simplistic view of who he is, have a simple faith, and don't go deep. But John wants our minds to be blown by who Jesus is and what he has done. And that's what our introduction to John does. That passage we just heard read, it's an introduction. It's an introduction to the book. It's like a prologue. It's kind of like when you watch a musical and you watch that opening number, that opening overture. 
I love musicals. And the musical begins, the music starts playing, and you're blown away by the set, by the music, by the dancing. It draws you in. It grabs your attention. And you meet some of the characters in that introduction. But you know that you're going to get to know the characters more deeply as the musical goes on. You hear some of the musical ideas, some of the refrains. But you know they're going to be built upon, they're going to be developed throughout the musical. That is our introduction today. We could spend 30 minutes on every verse, couldn't we? That is such a deep passage. One of the most deep in the Bible. But we're going to really be surface level and think, what is this saying about what the rest of the book is going to be about? Why should we keep reading John's Gospel? Why should we keep journeying through this series? How does this whet our appetite for what is to come? Firstly, I think, this introduction whets our appetite and shows us that this is going to be a story in the whole Gospel about the eternal God. It's going to be a story about the eternal God. Look in your Bibles, John chapter 1, verse 1. Those famous words, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. It starts by talking about Jesus as the Word. The Word. Why does it talk about Jesus as the Word? What does he mean? Well, we use words to communicate, don't we? We use words to relate. When I was in primary school, I tried to go 40 hours without speaking to raise money for a charity. And uh, I failed miserably. Knowing me, I love speaking. And uh, it was really hard because words are the ways that we connect. They're the, word, the way we relate to others. Not just that. Words actually reveal things. You might have met people uh, today who you haven't seen for six months, and you might have asked them questions, and they may have, may have used their words to tell you things you may not have known. And our words do things. When I got married, I said the words, I do. Those words did something. I was making a promise. I was making a commitment. Well, here we have the word. This is God revealing himself. This is God showing us who he is. It's God wanting to connect with us. It's God doing something. It's the way God's going to work in a huge new way. The word. See, Jesus is God revealing himself. If I asked you to tell me about my sister, looking around the room, basically none of you could tell me anything. You, probably, you couldn't tell me what her name is. You couldn't tell me her age. You couldn't tell me what she does throughout the week. You certainly couldn't tell me her personality and what she enjoys doing. But if I told you, if I revealed it to you with my words, well, that would change the game. And imagine if my sister walked into the room and she revealed herself. That is what the word is. It's God's word, God revealing himself, showing us who he is. And so as we journey through John's gospel over the next few weeks, when we hear Jesus speak, we're hearing God speak. When we see Jesus do miracles, we're seeing God at work. He is the Word. But it's not just that Jesus reveals God, it's that Jesus is God. He is God. That's what it says in verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus, as we're going to see, is not just some nice teacher. He's not just someone to be respected. 
Throughout this gospel, we're going to see he is God. He claims to be God. And so he's someone to worship, to adore, to praise. It should cause our souls throughout this series to just leap for joy and want to honor him. So he reveals God. He is God. He's also eternal. He's the word because he's eternal. It says that in verse 2. He was with God in the beginning. Matthew and Luke, they write other biographies of Jesus in the Bible, and they begin with the Christmas story. They begin with Jesus in a manger. But John wants to say, no, no, that, that wasn't the start of Jesus. Now, Jesus is eternal. Jesus has always been with God. He has always been God. He's always been there. Now, if that's not mind-blowing, I don't know what else would be. He is the eternal God. And it gets more amazing. He made everything. Verse 3, through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. The mountains, Jesus made them. Every star in the sky, Jesus designed them. Every animal he created. And he created you. He created you. You are not just a random collection of atoms and molecules. You are not just an accident. There is purpose to your life. There is meaning to your life. This world is not just a cosmic mistake. You are made and loved by God who wants to know you, who wants to connect with you. So this is going to be a story about the eternal God who made us, who loves us. Number two, this is going to be a story about finding life and finding light. About finding true life and true light. Firstly, life. You see there in verse four, in him, in Jesus was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. Your life is more than your clothes. Your life is more than your portfolio, more than your bank account, more than your career, more than how popular you are. True life, true life is found in Jesus. True life is found in Jesus. Because in Jesus, as it says in verse 1, sorry, verse 4, in Jesus is life. He has life in himself. You don't have life in yourself. I don't have life in myself. My parents need to make me, needed to make me. I have to eat food to survive. This morning I needed a coffee so I wasn't a zombie, particularly with daylight saving. I, I find life outside of myself, but Jesus has life in himself. You know, when Jesus fed the 5,000, when he fed the 5,000, that was a tiny picture of what he does every day giving life to all. But it's more than just physical life. This is talking about spiritual life. This is talking about being alive with God, about having your sins forgiven, about being in a relationship with Him, about knowing what truly satisfies, about having your thirst and your deepest longing fulfilled. It's life to the full. And it's eternal life. Not just life now, it's eternal life to come. I'm praying that as we journey through John's gospel, 
if you have not already found true life, that you will find it. And that if you are already a believer, you'll be reminded again of what it is to know Jesus, to have life to the full. Jesus brings life. He also brings light. He brings light. You see it there in verse 5. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. This is a dark world, isn't it? Some of you in this room, I know, this year have experienced the darkness of this world, perhaps even just this week. And yet, when we read John chapter 1, if you're familiar with the Bible, what does it sound like? It sounds like Genesis 1. In Genesis 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. And here, there's darkness, and the light shines. See, in Jesus, God is recreating again. God is shining into this dark world the hope that we all need. It's Christ. It's Jesus. As we'll see in John's gospel, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Now, what does light do? Light reveals. If you've ever been sharing a room with someone and they're asleep and you don't want to turn the light on, but you're looking for something and you're fumbling around, it's really hard. But as soon as you turn on that light, all of a sudden it's revealed. The darkness is dispelled and you see what you're looking for. Well, in this dark world, God has switched on the lights, a shining light. It's Jesus. He's revealing to us who God is. He's showing us the truth. And he's shining his X-ray ultralight beam into our hearts. And we see things about ourselves we didn't even know were there. We're confronted by things. We're challenged by things. We're encouraged by things that we'd never been encouraged by before. Because Jesus, the light, is revealing the truth. That's wetting our appetite for the book. We're going to encounter life. We're going to encounter the true light. Stop fumbling in the darkness. Come into the light, the light of Jesus. Well, the third thing I think we can expect from this book, the third way this introduction whets our appetite is it tells us this is going to be a story about the Word who becomes flesh. Jesus, who is God, the eternal Word, who becomes like one of us, a human. About a year ago, Beyonce, people know Beyonce, famous pop artist, Beyonce, people at 8am didn't know Beyonce, so I just got to check. Beyonce, uh, she was doing a huge concert, and in the middle of one of the songs, she needed to sneeze. She sneezed, and people lost their minds. They lost their minds. There was an article I read about it at the time, and this is what the article said. Beyonce sneezed mid-concert, and everyone lost their minds. We think of Beyonce as godlike, but she sneezed just like every other human in the world. This super important cultural moment proves that Beyonce is just like us. One person tweeted, and they, they said in their tweet, I saw Beyonce sneeze on stage during the Formation World Tour, and it changed my life. Now, why are they amazed? 
because they treat Beyonce like God and they see her sneeze and they go, wow, I sneeze too. She's like me. Now, how much more when the creator of the universe, the eternal God becomes one of us, God makes himself vulnerable, becomes a human, a God who can be touched, related to. Is there anything more special? Is there anything more amazing? Can anything give us more dignity as humans than the fact that God would become us? Verse 14, have a look at it. It says, The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. God became one of us. He dwelt among us. And that means you can go to Jesus. Are you lonely? Jesus was lonely. He became one of us. You can go to him. He understands. Are you sad? You can run to Jesus. He knows. He cares. God is not some distant God. He's come near. John writes, we have seen his glory. Now for John, he literally saw Jesus with his own eyes. He's writing this book as an eyewitness record. Know that. That this is not a book that claims to be making up a story. This is an eyewitness account. But we can see God's glory ourselves by looking at Jesus. As we journey through this book, we're going to encounter, we're going to experience the glory of God and see it with our own eyes. We have seen his glory. Are you ready to experience glory in John's gospel? Are you ready to know more deeply the God who has come near? So this is a story about the eternal God. This is going to be a story about life and about light. This is going to be a story about God who becomes like one of us. And lastly, this is going to be a story that demands a response. It demands a response. You see, when we read John's gospel, the whole point of it is to call us to respond to what we're reading. And in this introduction, we see there's two options of how we can respond. Even this morning, we can walk out of this room and there's only two choices. There's only two choices about how you're going to leave this room this morning. The first option, you see it in verse 9. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. What's the first option? It's ignoring Jesus. Charlie Chaplin, the famous Charlie Chaplin, he once entered a Charlie Chaplin lookalike contest and he came third. People didn't recognize him, the real thing. Jesus comes and his own people, the Jewish people who had been waiting for him for hundreds of years, they didn't recognize him. 
And don't we do the same? Don't we do the same? We push God out of our life, we ignore him, and we miss the glory. We miss the glory. Jesus is not to be ignored. What's the second option? Verse 12. Verse 12. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Second option is belief. John says at the end of his his book, he says, these things that I've just written, I wrote them so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. If you believe in Jesus, you receive life. You enter the light. And belief, belief is more than just believing he exists. Even the devil believes Jesus exists. No, this is a trust. This is a receiving Jesus. That's the kind of belief we're talking about. And if you do that, if you believe Jesus, you will become his child. You will become his child. You will belong to him. How wonderful that the creator who made you, who is eternal, wants you to be one of his children. So church, I hope your appetite has been wet by John chapter one. I hope you're excited. Why should we keep reading this book? What have we got to look forward to? This is gonna be a story about God who made all things, who made you. We're going to experience life and light. We're going to know personally the God who became one of us. And it's calling us constantly. Will we believe and receive? Or will we ignore him? For those that receive him, you receive eternal life, life to the full, and are made his children. Hallelujah. Let me pray for us. Lord Jesus, we have seen your glory this morning. The glory of the one and only Father, full of grace and truth. Lord, would you challenge us and grow us and fill us with all joy this morning and for the rest of our series. And we pray, Father, that there would not be one person who leaves this church this morning without encountering and believing you and receiving life, walking out of the darkness and into the light of your truth. Amen.